And I'm not your responsibility anymore, so what do you care what I do? What do I care? Amanda, honey, see who it is and get rid of him, will you please? I'm your father. I love you. You don't love me. Of course I love you. What is the matter with you? You're my daughter. Right. And what you feel for me is what fathers feel for daughters. That's not love. It's father stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Noisy Ghosts, the podcast about sound and performance. We are here today on this spooky, uh, what is it, Devil's Night? Oh, that's right, yeah. Devil's Night, the night before Halloween. This is when you're supposed to go out and do a bunch of uh, bad stuff, Arson. right? Yeah, yeah we're, supposed Arson. To, yeah. we're supposed to burn down Detroit, the parts that aren't already burned down. Yeah, I'm going to... I didn't introduce you yet, so I don't know why you're talking. Um, but uh, I'm not really I, here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're here with Noisy Ghost, the podcast about sound performance, and we're here on this spooky night to talk about the spooky film Ghost Dad, which I have seen three times. Um, and my first question for everyone is to ask, what is your personal relationship to Ghost Dad? And I'm going to start with our special ghost, Asia Saunders. Hi. So right now I'm feeling like I wish I had no connection with Ghost Dad <laughs> because we just watched it. Um, before this, I had watched it when I was a kid. I think it's like a movie that my dad had rented mm-hmm. for us. You know, we did a lot of uh, like pizza nights. And it's one of just one of those films that you. I don't you, think they eat pizza in this film. No, they didn't. So that's confusing. They Why don't you eat in this well? film. It's 1990, and it's kids, and there's no pizza? Yeah. Wow. Or, or video games. That's how you know that they're not well taken care of But there is Double Bill Cosby. Dare. There's no pizza. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. There was Double Dare. Mm-hmm. Oh, they ate cereal that... With no milk. milk. With, with no milk? What the fuck kind of father is this? He's not a provider. He's not. It's the fake mom's <laughs> in, in, Instead of a cake, he gave them a hat. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> But He's the, Rene Magritte. Instead of cake, you gave me an ass. They're it's not, not the same. They're not poor, right? No, they live in a beautiful home. I, so when at the beginning, when the kid is complaining uh, about how he wants uh, pancakes and waffles, and who wants both of those things? Come on. And then his well, dad later on is like, oh, you crazy. put on weight. and you know, Come on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The kids are always asking for kooky stuff for breakfast. But pan- you- cookies for breakfast. Cookies. <laughs> cookie stuff. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you guys ever have that in your family where you were out of milk, not because you were poor? It's just like, you know, oh, oh, I was saving that little bit of milk and your father put it in his coffee. So I guess you're going to have to have ice cream in your cereal. There's this really weird story (laughs) that my mom tells about my dad drinking the last milk in the house. My brother was a baby, so my brother didn't have any milk to drink. But I have questions about this because babies don't drink regular milk. No, they don't. Right? Like, they either drink breast milk or, like, formula. So was my brother, was my father, like, putting formula on his cereal? But your parents are Midwestern. They're just milk drinkers. They're like, it's milk. They no, they don't. They we, we really aren't though. Like I mean, I think you know how people in the Midwest are always drinking it. milk. <laughs> but they are. You're... Midwesterners are like this. They drink milk. <laughs> and people are like New York. We drink money. Yeah. You know you're a Midwesterner if yeah, you 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 steal your child your child's you formula you to cereal. <laughs> milk from their mouth. We never had milk in the house uh, when I was young, except for cooking with. Because my father had this like profound hatred of milk, like it made him angry to have milk in the house. Because when he was young, he was the one uh, as the oldest. He had to go and bring milk back from the dairy, but you know, oh, this is in France, in France, in the uh, I guess during the war, he would have been doing this (laughs) in the early '60s in in northeast of France. He hates milk because he hates labor. Well, because he he has all of these negative um, emotional. Connotations, but to... going to go get milk in and of itself isn't bad. What happened at the dairy? Wait, they don't have milkmen like there. He just, I guess, the smell of the milk may, makes him milk think of, of you know carrying this these giant containers of milk for his family and made him unhappy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it, check... made, it made him unhappy to carry things that his family enjoyed. No, I, <laughs> he I was not. He, was he not hates like providing that. and helping he, out. Yeah. He was not like Le Petit Parisien, the photo of the little boy carrying the bread, and he's so happy. I don't know that painting. It's a, it's a like photo. Paintings. It's oh, a it's photograph. Photo. Oh, I don't really like those either. <laughs> no, but so... You didn't answer... Everyone yeah, didn't answer yeah. the question. Oh, yeah. Asia told me her personal relationship. Eric Wenzel, what is your personal relationship to the film Ghost Dad? Well, you would think as a child, uh, you know, if this, the creative solution of there's no milk for the cereal, let's put <laughs> ice cream in it, would be a great thing. 
But coffee let me, creamer is great on let, cereal. Oh, well, let me tell you. Gross, 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 gross. What is wrong with you? I've heard of that before. Like powdered creamer? No, no, no. Like The non-dairy creamer that you get in the little packages? No, you animals, no. Like cream. Like fucking cream, like like half and half or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's totally good. I just I just remember once we were out of melt we were we were in a ghost dad situation we had to, <laughs> we had to uh, enact the ghost protocol <laughs> oh no which was uh we have cereal but no milk oh my god if you say milk I'm when sorry I can't I, you keep saying it I'm so glad someone noticed this is how it's said is that how I say milk no. yes you just no I say milk milk no you milk. totally just changed it's that somewhere between. in between said, is that how I say milk this is how I say milk <laughs> milk okay i don't know whatever milk well i am i am proud i say pop and i say milk i say pop too yeah so uh. we were all out of we were what would the, what would the coneheads call it bovine lactate <laughs> we know how when they're, they're like oh un, unborn chicken embryo okay but where are you going with this story i need to know about the milk i need to know <laughs> tell me baby girl where the milk go now i need the milk <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it was some. Well, so the 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 solution my mom came up with was like, oh, we could put ice cream in your your uh, cornflakes with raisin. Your raisin bran is that what cornflakes and raisins is? And it turned out we had the Neapolitan ice cream, but the uh, the vanilla and the strawberry was gone. So I had uh, chocolate in place of milk in my cereal. Chocolate ice cream. But and raisin, raisin bran is bran flakes, not cornflakes. Oh. They like look Jesus the same Christ, Eric. I don't know. <laughs> I was in hell? kindergarten, okay? But what is your relationship to Ghost Dad? <laughs> well, my uh, there was there was a part of time in my life where my dad was traveling a lot, and uh, then he was also uh, working at a job in New Jersey. And we we're still in Illinois, so I guess you could say in that situation he was like having a Ghost Dad because he wasn't there. Oh, Eric, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He was alive somewhere, though. Was he yeah. like a poltergeist, though? Was he like a like you could hear him on the phone? Like he He'd would be like, "Eric, how's it going? I'm <laughs> this, gonna this bring you st- a baseball hat when I come home." This is the story that the movie is telling, right? This is yeah. like working parents that don't have time for their children, absentee parents, right? And it's the e- '90s, you know, yeah. anything's possible. But also, like a thing about dads, <laughs> in yeah, especially. dads are always working. Definitely dads, right? Because the. The dad is expected to have a job and, and as, as such is expected to work really hard to provide for the family. And Do you think this movie would be sadder if it were a ghost mom? I don't think they would make a ghost mom movie. Yeah. There's no audience for no, that. No, Lifetime would do it, I bet. <laughs> Joanna Kearns. One ghost woman's struggle. Mary Kay Place. I was going to say if Marsha Gay Harden played ghost mom, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, but remember, remember that period, though, when the mom from Growing Pains? Tra- uh, the Joanna mom- Kearns, isn't that her name? The blonde mom from Growing Pains, oh. opposite Alan Thicke. I've seen I've seen the show Growing Pains. Yeah. She uh, she was in a s- slew of very difficult themed Lifetime <coughs> movies. Her kids were dying. She was dying. Everyone was Things dying. Things were disappearing. There was no milk for the, <laughs> the cereal. Earth, the earth was dying. <laughs> I think that if if it were a situation where the father is still alive. But the mother is dead. That's a very different movie because in that mm. movie, then the reasonable thing is simply for the father to marry again, right? Because that's I, the mm. movie you guys are talking about is called "The Sound of Music." Mm. <laughs> that's a good movie. Well, wait, why didn't Bill Cosby get married again? He well, he's in love with the light-skinned lady next door. Which right? that's her name in the credits. <laughs> next Probably. to screaming woman. And <laughs> there is actually a woman in the credits driver. named screaming woman. <laughs> listeners, that happened. Played by Giselle. Yes. Her name is Giselle with yes. a J with and a Z. J I Z E L L E. Bad move. Yeah. Well, maybe it was easier in the like if this spell it that way. If we imagine that Giselle like jizz. You know. Imagine being in kindergarten like telling. If she was. So when when they made this movie, then that, that means she was out like this. <laughs> then she was born what in the in the sixties, I guess. What yeah. did I say? So Probably. yeah, back in the sixties, I don't think that people were calling it jizz. I remember seeing someone named Jessica, but they spelled it like with an I, like Jessica, like Jessica. <laughs> no, not Jessica, Jessica, like kind of like Jennifer Goodwin, but like Jessica. Oh, like was she from New Zealand? Just Brit. 
Shisikibrit? I don't know. Ew, there's all kinds of G's coming out. <laughs> oh my god, you guys, this is derailing so fast. It's like a taxi cab Wait, careening so off a bridge. Wait, so can you tell me about... Okay, so that is your relationship to Ghost Dead, is that it? You f- your relationship to Ghost Dead is that the film is so elusive that it's like a taxi cab careening off no, a bridge. No, I said that, that my relationship was that my father was not there when I Oh, that's him. right. I'm sorry. You did say that. I apologize. <laughs> I, I, it just, I, all I heard was bzzz when you were telling that story. When you when you were saying these deep emotions, I was like, when you're wow. sharing yeah. your personal life history, yeah. I'm sorry, Eric. It's okay, Andre. I didn't know anything about it until we watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was very young, I remembered that Roger Ebert had uh, singled it out, and a lot of people had as it being uh, possibly one of not just like one of the worst comedies or one of the worst films, but maybe the worst movie ever. And I didn't get that impression from watching it. I had a really good time watching it. I don't think in Roger like Ebert's review that he hates it. Like, oh, that right. Much. Yeah. I mean, he obviously hates what? it. But, not, but he doesn't think it's the worst movie of all time. Like, I think he hated... Um... No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't the one saying that he, that it was the worst of all time. He he called it the, one of the worst of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, people single it out. They talk about it in those conversations, like Ishtar, Plan Nine from Outer Space. You know, mm-hmm. they they'll bring up another Bill Cosby film, uh, Leonard Part Six. But that was brilliant. I still, yeah, I still. Oh my God, Leonard Part that. Six is amazing. But I think the reason that uh, these movies are brought up is it's not that they're the worst films ever. I mean, there are plenty of movies that are less entertaining, that have worse production values. I think that... Or just, like, ethically or morally bad, you know? Like, sure. There's some probably. movies that are, have terrible... Like um, Olympiad, you know, or Triumph of the Will. Yeah, but, I mean, there are movies also that are just, like, technically terrible and also bad morally, you know? Like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, home movies? I don't know. <laughs> like, what's a movie that's... I like, like home the, movies. Know, Wait, like, the cartoon a, from no, the No, no, I was just thinking, Dr. like, Katz? I was just thinking there were, like... I don't know. There must be like a, a home movie out there that someone made with their family. There's like, like child the porn, movie. I guess. But I mean, <laughs> we're talking about Hollywood. Ghost Dad, slightly better than child porn. No, but it's a not. Ringing you mean like you mean like the MTV it. show faking it? It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not nearly as bad as faking it. I would watch Ghost Dad three or four times before I'd watch another episode of faking it. That now show I was... really want to watch this terrible show you guys are talking about. Ugh. <laughs> Never mind. That sigh was like it's so bad, Asia. It's so bad. There aren't even any ghost dads in it. Yeah, if there was one ghost dad, it would maybe be worth it. You would understand why. I think like I think like the the world of faking it is the world that ghost dad is like seeing and is worried about and is trying to combat <laughs> through an involvement of parents once again. Well, so when Bill Cosby in as ghost dad is. Uh, you know, terrorizing that poor kid in his Which bedroom. Which one? <laughs> the poor nerd kid. The the kid that thinks. Right, he's Omar Gooding. Him. When he's terrorizing Omar Gooding, and then you know, before that, when he's terrorizing Dana Ashbrook, he's doing this because he's attempting to. I just remembered something. Sorry. He's trying to save the world. This is his. He's trying to save a world be- that would inevitably at time. decline into faking it. At, at, <laughs> at the beginning of the week, it seems like all he's interested really in is getting life insurance so that his family will be safe. But then by the end of the week, he's attempting to convince the woman next door that she's she should feel loved, and the kid across the street needs to keep his nose out of other people's business, and Dana Ashbrook needs to stop calling white. Uh, calling Black women girls. bitches. Oh. I don't know where you were going with that. He <laughs> stop calling white women bitches. Like, what? <laughs> so he, he, he expands he the LA scope of his... small logging community. He expands the scope of his project, is what I'm saying. Yes. What is the project of Ghost Dad? Oh, God. Staying Wait, alive. Did Eleanor say how she connected yeah, to the film? Yeah, what's your feelings on him? Well, I've seen it three times... Because I kind of can't get enough of it, sort of. <laughs> I just can't get enough. Can't get enough can't of you, baby. Exactly. Can't get enough of you, baby. You can't get enough of it? I can't. And I think I, I'm trying to figure out, like, the secret to it. Like, there's there's something in it that makes sense for its existence, makes sense that it was created by these extraordinary artists, which is to say Sidney Poitier and, and Bill Cosby is, you know, flawed as he... But the editing and lighting suck. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I, which is why I'm like, I feel like if I watch it enough times, I'll like figure it out. <laughs> but 
that hasn't happened yet. Although I did, I do. I'm surprised by how I learn new things each time I watch it. I but like. th- this is the same thing that gets so much critical. I feel attention. about the room too. Yeah, well, it gets so much critical attention for like say the films of Matthew Barney. Where he's like, I'm just fuck gonna fuck Matthew Barney. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's like, yeah, I'm just listeners, gonna fuck Matthew Barney. He's I'm like, really <laughs> glad to be the third person on the podcast to say fuck Matthew Barney. I hate that asshole. So he's like, well, I'm gonna dress up like a goat and attach some electrodes to my balls and have a race around an obscure island in England, and then everyone's like, no, I just need to keep watching it. There's something to this. Yeah, I and that, I guess I think I guess I echo those sentiments from from those folks. Like I, I'm sympathetic to that feeling. Like there's there's a real. I think Matthew Barney is the filmic equivalent of lighting your cigar with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree it's with just that. not Jeff wealthy Coons. people not, taking not money and Hurst. setting it, it on fire. I would say is. Jeff Koons is the worst. Like if if there were like three evil rich artists, it would be. Jeff Koons, Damien Hurst, and uh, Matthew Barney. I, I'm okay with that tri- with that evil triumph. But at least, like, I yeah. mean, Matthew Barney did shit with Bjork, whom I and, love, and doesn't deserve. And that. he's yeah, but he, I mean, I've his movies are cool though. They at least yeah. look cool, and he also doesn't anyway. Yeah, Hugo Boss is cool, and Hugo Boss designed yeah. the SS uniforms. And those uniforms look yeah, slick and they look fucking fuck. good. Still okay, shouldn't exist, but yeah. No, so no, where's your argument? They look great, and Matthew <laughs> Barney's stuff looks. You know, very. Why slick. does everybody like everyone's? Like, uh, let's just compare him to Nazis. I mean, maybe he's more like uh, Stalin. Like universally, they're universally hated. Yeah, it's Stalin's easy. movies weren't as good. Yeah. No, Soviet realism is one of the most embarrassing things I think that's happened in the human race. Like, I feel like that's really bad. <laughs> they're like, aliens. <laughs> oh. I know. I'm really like if they come here and are like, and they're like, you've got two things ru- to answer Russia- for. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so bad. It's wait. Uh, are you talking about like like? Wait, uh, why were we talking about Matthew Barney? I don't even know how that happened because she was like, this thing is stupid and it's clearly meaningless, so I have to oh, watch it. I have to, to figure, figure it, out. it out. Oh, I was saying, I'm and I, I was like, that's the exact way people get attracted to to art like Matthew Barney's, where you're, yeah, where you're like, it's just a bunch of random shit. Therefore, I must be stupid and I have to. Well, well, I feel out. what it is is that I think some of it actually does have to do with my insecurities about exactly, being stupid yeah. because I'm like if I just push far enough and, I, and it's part of the reason I like do research and I'm like in a PhD program is because I'm like obsessed with discovering something and mm-hmm. if I if I just push far enough then I'll figure out the secret that I'm no really, one else has figured out. So it's both arrogance and incredible like crippling low self-esteem at the same hubris. time. Yes. I'm, exactly. I'm really good at like when I can't understand something just being like that's not something I need to know about. Or that's ridiculous and no one needs to know about I it. I love should, that confidence. I should have that. I need that. I don't have it. I can do that with Ghost Dad. Before we watched Bye, this guys. movie, <laughs> my memories were just of a ch- like a kooky film during my childhood. And now I'm just like, why did anyone spend part of their life tr- making this film? Yeah. Except for maybe like the kids. Like, oh, guess what? You have to get in a, be in a movie with Bill Cosby. And they're like, right on. I hope he doesn't fuck me. Kimberly Russell, who plays the oldest daughter in that movie, is so bad, and I hope to God we're not related in some way. Like, that's <laughs> oh, fear. Right. What if we are? What if there's, like, some weird distant connection we have? Are you God. worried that uh, she's some sort of indication of your own acting ability? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm actually probably a worse actor than she or is. Or tastes in dads? I have excellent taste in dads. <laughs> no, I know. What is that? What's a taste in it? I know. That's why I, that was, I thought I would say something absurd. <laughs> no, every time there, she was doing a scene with Bill Cosby, after it, it has been brought up that he sexually assaulted multiple women, yeah, I like, was really afraid for her. Like, yeah. I know nothing's going to happen on the film, but I was still like, I hope I hope you're okay wherever you are. But there's all kinds of, yeah, there's all kinds of creepy overtones, like, she starts comparing their relationship to Romeo and Juliet's or something. She she's just, like, she's what are you ever there she, for She did me? that once. She's talking about the difference between father. Oh, this is actually a really interesting moment, I think, actually. She's talking about the difference the difference between being a father and being and being loving. And for mm. her, they're two different things. Because fatherhood to her is like responsibility and like uh-huh. civics and like taking care of people, but not necessarily loving them, which is necessarily romantic Like emoting, to relating to them. Right. Like the idea of fatherly love is foreign to her. Like she can't like comprehend that. It's like this is a world in which fatherly love doesn't exist. There's only just like fatherhood. Isn't that weird? Yeah. There's just... There's what just... is fatherly love? I, like... I, we, I think in general people spend a lot of time talking about what romantic love is and what motherly love is and what right. brotherly the, love. The fa- like Philadelphia... Right, like Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. I would say the the fatherly love, which he horribly fails at, would be I'm not, I can't rescue you in your box, and I can't, 
I can't go through the phone and yell at your <laughs> shitty boyfriend. I can't go get a handy from the next door neighbor. But you know what I can do is I can fucking. Except he does two of those. Right. He, he does all of those things. Those so things. I say <laughs> that what he should have done, you know, is like, you want me there for this purpose. But you know what? I've got a few moments left on earth and I'm going to fucking nail this merger because I might <laughs> That's not. That's what he does. I'm going to nail this merger at bank. Where at I'm, bank job. At bank business job. <laughs> Listen, bank is depending on me. They bank have all the money. So... <laughs> Why weren't you at the bank meeting? <laughs> yeah, so that, so I think that I mean that's sort we of we were doing banking. <laughs> that's kind of the the father love in a certain way is like well you're absent for certain parts of your kid's life, but you also know that you've made the sacrifice and that you've provided for them in a, in so another honor, way. Honor is fatherly love. Like well, I just think sacrifice. Well, I th- yeah, I think it's how um, fathers describe it to other fathers. But yeah. I mean, I think what they were missing within that, when within the relationships in the movie, was just um, more than keeping us alive. You need to mm. like, you need to show us that you care about us as individuals. Right, but, but he does. He's shitty at both of those things. No, he, he's terrible. Because he doesn't. He doesn't. He provide dies, them. and he literally. He his, he dies. He comes back. And he's like, all right, I need to go to work. Like really. That's but he what loses you need his job, on? and then he doesn't spend quality time. Like spending quality time with your daughter is not yelling, yeah, at, and fi- and strangling a guy that. Oh, likes but he it. hadn't lost his job yet. When when he finally loses his job, he's like, maybe I should talk to you guys. So he comes yeah. back. He's like, uh, I'm sorry about losing my job, and then oh, then 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 Edith comes in, just like, Edith. Great news, you're not dead. Where's the Jello? But Let me wait. literally get Jello out of the refrigerator. Can and I eat it. ask a question about fatherly love? Oh, you don't have to yeah. ask if you can ask questions. You are the host of the show. It's true. I'm gonna ask a question. <laughs> so, when fathers behave in ways other than what we're describing is is mm-hmm. the traditional attitude towards fathers, uh, or a uh, protocol for fathers, ghost dad protocol. I really like that, by the way. <laughs> um, are they be when they behave differently? Like when they're like you know like mushy or like warm or like uh, emotionally available. Are they behaving like mothers or are they reinventing fatherhood? Like, are they, are they doing a different kind of depends on what family you're in? I think they're being, no, I guess that's what I was saying is the, the fatherly love would have been to either say, I'm going to miss time with you, but I'm going to do a really good job with this merger thing and make sure that <laughs> do a really good job at bank. So I'm going to do a really can, good job at so my work. So it's okay work. for me missing yeah. recital. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so you're either making that sacrifice and then he's like, well, I got more time with my kids, but, and, and I got, I didn't get to be with them, but at least I know they'll be safe. Or he's like, I'm going to spend quality time with you. But what he does is he overreacts and he's chasing people around and he's trying to, he doesn't focus. Yeah. He's not, he yeah. doesn't do any of those things. Cause I think both of those are good dad things. And I think also if he managed his time more wisely because he doesn't need to eat or sleep, he could have found a way to not only, but he does drink. Yeah. He, oh, but he, he can't. tempted he to, can't. Oh, he tries to, he poured right. it through his butthole. No. Okay. It wasn't literal. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just what he spills. You're like, what? It, it's a really weird. It moment. went right through him. It, it, yeah. I can't drink. It goes right through me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess he. I don't think it's a it's a strange fatherly thing to be goofy with your children, no, or of fun not. or loving. He does do that a little bit with them, a little yeah. bit, especially with the with the little with the little one. girl. She's the only one that gets like the actual loving dad that the others crave. She's so cute. I like. But the Asia, girl. what do you mean when you say it depends on what family? Um, I guess about? what I was thinking was, um, does your family believe that those uh, actions, the mushiness, or being very emotive is a a mom task or a female task or do you I mean think obviously that's all socially constructed right? yeah mm-hmm. but I'm saying like some families are like yes we're all going to be that way and some families are like mom's that way mm-hmm. for sure why well, I would say like with my family it was it's it's age and gender related mm. so like you get to a certain age and your dad, my dad's like, why? No, we shake hands. We're men now. Or, oh, know, really? They just. No, oh, he says, okay. Well, he, no I more hugging. Older, I have older parents. So they're, you know, I'm like, generationally, there's also like a strange mm-hmm. schism, but it's very much like, oh, when you're a little kid, like you can do all kinds of fun, rough housing and fooling around and, you know, goofiness. And then you get a little bit older and it's like, oh, well, no, now you're growing up. So we got to be more serious. Or it's like, use- I'll hug my daughters, but. Yeah. Oh God, son! When are you gonna stop hugging me? Now we have to touch each other. Yeah, my, yeah. my father's like the, has not stopped 
has treated me the same exact way since I was a baby. Like, it's just never, like, I'm always that person, mm-hmm. always. And my brother, like, defies it, so, although I think my dad would treat him that way if Brant would let him, you know, but... So he's the one that's like, I don't hug dads now. No, 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 my, my brother is just, like, a more mature person than I am. Oh. <laughs> Do your, who, whose family hugs? My, my family, family hugs constantly. What about you, Asia? Not constantly, but I, don't, I feel like I didn't... Uh, I didn't like being touched a lot when I was younger. Um, just, I didn't like hugs. It made me uncomfortable, but now I hug my family. Maybe that's what's going on with... The uh, way- uh, Andre, do you guys hug? Well, I don't talk to my family, so... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hug your family. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I, I think that the... Um, Oh God! What the hell was I going to say? You just you derailed me with this incredibly <laughs> personal, emotional question. And That's now, what good interviewers do. We get real on this. Yeah, yeah, getting real, huh? Mm-hmm. I think that possibly the thing that was going on with with Ghost Dad, like he isn't physically corporeal, right? So he can't touch his kids, right? He literally can't give them a hug because he can't feel them. They can't feel him. You know, they there's the always this uh, danger that he's going to vanish into thin air, that he, he, his existence in the world is so flimsy. You know, so he feels that the stakes are incredibly high for him, that he has to do all of this stuff, and if things don't work out, that it the consequences for his family will be catastrophic. But the family is like, you're not really here. You never were really here. You aren't a part of our lives. We don't, the the stakes are meaningless to us. That makes a lot of sense to me because like I, what I was really concerned of in the movie is that like uh, Cosby dies or Elliot dies and no one cares. Call They're him like, Cosby, don't call him Elliot. <laughs> Sorry. Because no one knows what, they don't say his name. The dad dies and the kids are just like, oh, that's weird. And they go about their life and like, okay, can you help me with career day? Stop being mean to my boyfriend. Like, your dad's dead. Because I think what's happening is that the, even they're trying to use this premise of ghost dad and but also have their cake and eat it too by having all the regular hijinks of a normal yeah. uh, comedy. But they I, can't do it. They can't have both. That's why I think it would have been a great sitcom because it's like yes perpetual do you remember i agree there but, was this very short-lived show i think on abc where this guy's friend eats a burger from from under his bed and he dies and so he has a <laughs> oh, no. so it turns into an angel so this kid has like a guardian angel friend oh, yes, who's touched dead. By an angel. Well, yeah i was just gonna say was i touched by an angel <laughs> no it <laughs> was love that it was so show. messed up like this kid's friend dies and then they just continue to hang out I think it. I don't. Oh, I love that. It lasted more than one Does one it episode. Explains that it all because I have geeks. a theory that that guy. This show sounds like it would be a lot of fun. I yeah. I hope if you guys can find it on the internet, that be. I don't even know what to look for. I think it was on ABC. Wait, where did? Because so I think it was on. It like ABC. I think it's. I think it was on TGIF for a little while. Where does this? Burger if it was on TGIF, from? then I it's must nasty, have watched every single episode. <laughs> it's it's a nasty burger that was under his friend's bed. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take a bite of this. Like, why? Because you're a teenager and you're reckless. I don't know. That's what they always no, say. No, that's true. Yeah, and he no, got botulism. Poison and died. Then he died. No, and that's People and that's lots of weird shit. And I think kids. there's even like a little funeral, but some and somehow they make that funny. And then like this, um, <laughs> I love it. And then this guy hangs out, is dead, and hangs out with. I keep turning my head away. Um, and this guy hangs out with his his dead friend for, and I guess he provides guidance or like helps him mm-hmm. out with things. Like, yeah, I'm going to help you get that date. What is it with all these dead kids in the '90s? Like my friends, my friend Sam, who's on the podcast, John Benet Rams, uh, last last time. <laughs> He reblogged on Tumblr this fucking GIF set from the movie uh, My Girl. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Fuck. And I was like, I that was. I mean, good. I'm also like super PMSy, but like I was, I was like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, where's his glasses? He can't see without his glasses. That... Like, fuck that movie. The bees are stinging him. Oh my god! It's so fucked Spoiler up. Spoiler alert! It's not. Oh my god! It's fucking My Girl. No one should see that shit. It's fucked up. You didn't. Li- I loved of it. Of course, I loved it. But it's like not okay. <laughs> That's not the point. It's not okay. Oh, wouldn't Home Alone have been great if the kid is actually murdered by the thieves at the end of the film? No, because like, no! then Home Alone in New York wouldn't happen and that's one of my favorite Christmas movies ever. Oh yeah, it is really oh, good. Really? No, but the whole with Tim Curry and he, and he's like we're very sorry. It's so good. I think I'm the concierge. The whole point of, of <laughs> Home Alone is that like kids can win win over adults. Like that you're yeah. like 
we're smart enough and and, and there's a little enough. bit of that here in Ghost Dad too because the kids are playing a trick on the secretary who has the Coke bottle glasses like bubbles. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love her. Yeah, I love all those like little tiny characters, like character, like moments. the little man. Yeah, like where they're like actually taking this seriously because they're only getting like a you know they're only there for the day, so they're just like, okay, I guess this is a real movie. I'm in a real movie now, and like everyone else is like, you're not in a real movie. <laughs> it's so good. It We've was been on set so, for hours. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. it was so high profile. Yeah. It was. Uh, just think about. They're all like, "This is my big break. I'm my big working break. with Bill Cosby. I'm, I'm playing screaming woman." In I, think, <laughs> I think that they thought it was going to be huge because. Uh, the, the, the Ghostbuster movies, like the this is uh, oh. summer summer of 1990. So the previous summer, Ghostbusters 2 came out, and Ghostbusters 2 was a huge hit. God, it's like it someone was so good. I love Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters too. Like a producer watched Ghost, Ghostbusters was like, oh my god, ghosts are hot. How can I completely <laughs> misinterpret in. what is hot and popular about these ghosts? How can I make ghosts Ghostb- into a family movie? How can I yeah. completely fuck this up so bad? Like it's just it's an it's an exercise in misinterpretation. Like you, Okay, so Ghost and Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice and all these like supernatural movies from back then. Ghosts were so in. You know what they had in common? The ghost stuff was terrifying. It was Mm. scary. Ghostbusters 2, the the ending is very scary. Yeah, Yeah. The The whole scene where all the lights go out. I was really into Beetlejuice when I was a kid. What is that? I was really into Beetlejuice. Yeah. But I've been like goth since day one. It's also funnier. We... uh, I think goth is, is so. It's goth. It's so good. Cradle to grave. I wish I goth. were. I wish I were goth. I want to be more goth. But also saying like talk using <laughs> that tone like I want to be more goth. Like, not very goth. I want to be no. There's a lot of whiny goths out there. I want to be yeah. Yeah, but I, you're not pale enough. So, I am yeah, very pale. So <laughs> I'm not pale at dad. all, and I'm goth as shit. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Ghost dad, uh, it isn't scary. But it is very sad. It's so yeah. sad. Like, it's devastating. Ghostbusters it's isn't sad. We're watching Bill Cosby's career die. <laughs> but no, and Sidney Poitier's. But the Cosby show was still on the air when he made that movie. Really? Yeah. Which opening was it? Was it the one where they're all uh, in um It was very, very near to the end. The really contemporary. I think it's when they were one. dancing in the Yeah, they're dancing the and it had that thing. weird angle and it was like outside the Apollo. It looks sort of like the way that uh, da, da, da. the way that Ellen looked in the late '90s. I never watched Ellen. You always yeah. reference it, and I feel like an idiot. I, I no, watched okay. every episode funny. of Ellen the first time it was on. Well, I remember seeing like for that you get a bona fide no prize. <laughs> what? Do you know what a no prize is? What from no. comic books? No. Oh wow! I thought you would like totally know that. So I've I've always known that, and I, I didn't realize it's actually a thing. But I think it's either Marvel or DC. When you write into the editor, and you point out a continuity error or something in the comic, and then they'll like put it in the letters to the editor, and they're like, "Oh, you we, you totally got us. You made oh a mistake. You get a bona fide no prize, and you get a mail in the mail an empty envelope that says no prize." Oh, this is so. It's like a punishment for being a nerd. Yeah, like you get called out, and they're like, "Good job." Oh, wow. but they did. They do publish the letter though, right? Yeah. No, so it's actually it's actually like it's pretty of course cool. because it's nerd you get this like yeah. I got an actual bona fide no prize. Uh, when I was in uh, uh, the MFA program at the University of Pennsylvania, there was a uh, instructor I had named uh, Terry oh, Gross. No, no. <laughs> uh, what was his name? Geller. No. Oh, Terry Riley. Uh, Terry. No, uh, he was Did in the Joe? Whitney Biennial just now. That, that was it's not Terry Riley. Um, oh. But it's the guy who was in the Whitney Biennial this year. I've forgotten his name. He died. And, yeah. Um, Terry. So- God, I'm so I should know. This I, I feel I'm weird about nerd. not being able to remember his last name. But uh, I think it's not Terry Riley. One time I was Terry Dactyl. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, trying. That would be a good artist. I was having a, a a meeting with him, and I was talking to him about a piece I was working on. And the piece that I was working on was one of the 24-hour interviews that I was doing, where I sat in a room with a person for 24 hours and asked them questions. And I explained the thing to him, and he says, all right, so what do you want, a fucking prize? <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And I thought, this doesn't seem like super productive criticism. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a good story, though. I kind of think that's really good criticism, actually. But I mean, like, yeah, I do. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Thank you. Yeah, I'm in the arts. This is all and about I'll be external validation. I'll, I'll take the Turner Prize. Shit, I want a prize for walking Adkins. down the street. 
Terry Adkins. Terry Adkins, yes. And he was he would always sleep through uh, group crits at the end of the year. Like he would wear sunglasses so that he could be asleep the whole time. Whoa, like like uh, when Homer's on jury duty and he gets those glasses that have eyeballs in them. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it feels weird to speak ill of the dead. But you're not speaking ill you're just saying that's what he did. You're then. just speaking truth, Yeah, no, man. there were tons of witnesses. So yeah. I don't know. Some people liked him. I never really was, figured so it out. So is he a ghost dad now? <laughs> I don't know if he had kids. Mm. Yeah. But his art's still haunting us. Is he a ghost dad in the way that he was the absent father figure to you, perhaps, Andre? I barely knew the guy. <laughs> still. That's exactly what we mean. Jeez. Exactly. Well, you know, our students are like our children. Mm. I feel That's I felt pedagogy. more like the guy. Yeah. He was like the 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 taxi driver and ghost dad who <laughs> who shows up all of a sudden and, and throws you off. He's a Satanist. Is really like shitty to you and then is not part of your life anymore. I love that. Guy. I wonder whatever happened to that guy. He just like he was a he character makes, actor. He worked a long time. He had a lot of parts. He makes me feel like I need a bath. Like you, the way his, <laughs> his face is. It's it's that thing where you've you've not had a bath for a couple of days and then you're sweating on top of a. Oh, I haven't had a bath. I haven't in quite bathed. A few days. I haven't showered. <laughs> well, that guy totally takes baths in a clawfoot tub. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, With a sponge at the end of a stick. Yeah, and he whistles when he's while he's washing himself. Rubber ducky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what real-life Burton Ernie would be like. <laughs> I got to say, that guy really sold Satan. He really did. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I see why you're a taxi driver. <laughs> so, he's, um, he's really persistent about it. Like, he asks Cosby three times in the taxi. And then Cosby finally relents because it's three. Magic number, you know? Well, I think he's, like, hoping that, yeah. And I think he's going to hope they'll end things. Like, yep. Totally. Um, no, he says I am Satan. Yes, he says and I, I am. I command you to drive this car off a bridge. Like Wait, a no, I didn't mean that. Weirdly Connery just now. I feel like <laughs> Connor. Connery, Sean Connery. Oh, <laughs> Sean Connery. He's very Connery. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. John, that, that was very John Connery. Uh, your clothes might be Sean Connery, but you're not fully dressed. So sound, sound, <laughs> noise. Speaking of unresolved, voice. So, so the movie at the end is like, we found your body in the room next door. Let's spend a long time getting you back into it, and then so once everyone gets back in their own bodies, um, are, are is it okay? Because he's still <laughs> fired. He's still fired. Yeah, but now he's an able-bodied guy who can go out and earn a living. But I feel like that movie could have gone on. It just I'm seems glad like a it really didn't. bad thing happened. I'm though. glad it didn't. That movie could have gone on for like another three hours. It could have been like, okay, so now Cosby is back into his body, but now he has to get his fucking job back. Like, but he's not he going to get that job back. Now the story is just it becomes uh, how to get it breaking the waves. It just becomes uh, the struggle of somebody attempting to provide for their family when they have no other option. Well, I th- yeah. but he's an executive though, so wouldn't he have like a golden parachute? He's not an executive. Oh, he was close. The premise of the whole movie is that his uh, his educate his uh, employment situation is so incredibly precarious. So, so precarious at bank. Yes, at bank co. But he seems like well, again, yeah. We point out he's done pretty well for himself. I keep burping. I apologize. It's totally fine. <laughs> I don't know what to say. The movie sort of reminded <laughs> me of a movie that I watched with Eleanor uh, recently called uh, Switch. That sounds familiar. With Ellen Barkin. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's about a woman who is actually uh, a guy who died and is reincarnated as this woman. As punishment because he's such a fucking misogynist. Mm. Right. That sounds like Drop Dead Diva. Oh, I haven't seen Drop Dead it's Diva. It's like bad, but I'm in sure a good way. Ex- I'm, it sounds like everything I want. Yeah, I think you'd love it. Yeah. I love, oh my God, but what I'm excited about for this holiday Drop season. Drop the Diva. Carol? Anyway, go on. Mm. Drop the Diva is a, a, a show about a woman, like a model who dies and is really shallow. So she is reborn as a fat lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to learn to be deeper. Wait, why or a fat a lawyer? Why a lawyer? Uh, uh, I think it's because it's the opposite. Like, the, like shallow, shallow model, model is the opposite of fat lawyer. I Wait, think. because lawyers mm. are like the smartest you can possibly be is to be a lawyer. Yeah. And the dumbest you can possibly be is uh, to be I, a yeah. model. What? 
Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think lawyers are smart, but yeah. no. But this is the that's I'm not saying I'm not but saying David that's Bowie how didn't I feel. Marry a, a lawyer. He married a model. And he hired a. Lawyer. Have you ever heard her speak? She's pretty. No, no, I'm not. No, I think that was the point of. I mean, oh, okay. Iman is not a is not a dumb. Person. No, but on the show, that's she what was it in is. Star Trek six. Dumb blonde models opposite of, um, fat. Oh, brunette. models are fun and lawyers are boring. Is that what it is? All everything that's lovely about a model is opposite of everything that's terrible about a lawyer. But I don't think that lawyers have to do things like purge, or you know, like do heroin. No. So yeah, but what about like so the there, 80s are, there are she wasn't that she was like yeah, an was aspiring like model. She wasn't like really really. She wasn't like a supermodel. That's like a completely different from a like a like a. She like took a lot. But of you said she was a diva, so she clearly had a big. head. No, drop dead diva is just the name of the show. I don't know what makes her a diva. I have no. I think it's Does just she alliteration. Sing opera? <laughs> and the on top of all of, this, what's the opposite of an opera singer? A lawyer. <laughs> that is a weird binary. I've never held those two so concepts wait, so up she in becomes my a, hand. She becomes a fat lawyer. I'm sorry, which is just like a which would have been a better title uh, for a show. Fat lawyer. Can be played, can Someone. She, okay, I feel comfortable like, with the word fat, but other people may may not. So she was just a, a full figured, lawyer. full figured lawyer. Ruben, I prefer the term Rubenesque. Oh my god! If someone ever called a Paul Rubenesque oh lawyer. <laughs> well, it it is named after Peter Peter Paul Rubens, the uh, the. Baroque yes, painter the, uh, yes. who painted going. very bulbous, 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 bulbous. Is not the same. As, Another like, word voluptuous. someone should never describe if me. You, she had a very, oh man, you're so lovely. Okay, but if you look at the nose. way Peter Paul Rubens paints nudes, they nudes. they look they look like uh, bags of jelly in motion with like bulbs and protrusions. But in like a good yeah, way. That's what I look like. like. Not in. <laughs> That's this exactly is why Rubenesque is like not an okay term because the way you just described it just with bulbs and like well, I always thought Rubenesque meant that you were served like with with yeah with sauerkraut and, and ranch <laughs> and a Thousand Island or whatever a Thousand yeah. Island. I'm sorry. I'm just you is know, it a Russian dressing? Bags if you can't jelly. handle me at my Rubenesque, you can't handle Island. me at my like Caesar salad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but where are we well, going? We're the, not talking about Ghost Ed at all at this the point. The Rubens. I'll I'll say this, then we can go back to Ghost Ed. The you know how they talk about like when you look at uh, models and stuff from the fifties and how they would be considered plus size yeah, or whatever. I day? Know. It's it. I mean, I think Rubens paintings are another kind of litmus test for that because now, like, you would look at it and say the negative things I'm saying as a Rubenesque man. Um, but when he was making those paintings at the time, like that was like super sexy and like sought after and hot. I just like the term bags of jelly. Bags, bags of, of jelly. jelly. Better than bags of milk. Hey! Oh, what are humans but but just <laughs> ugly bags, bags of, of jelly? <laughs> you say, but ugly bags of milk, which is funnier to me. <laughs> oh, you breastfeeding moms out there, it's just for you. Just bags of milk. All right, milk. so there are things in the movie. Cha-cha-cha. If you don't mind me getting back. <laughs> Please do. The We can't really say for sure that we know where the film is set. Okay, so my theory about this, I don't have one really, but it's outside <laughs> of... It's not L.A., but it's, like, near L.A., and that is my theory. Because it doesn't, it seems... It's Southern California. Yeah. And there's uh, palm trees. Yeah. And there's the But they may not be natural. We don't know if that's the 405. It's a weird, it is very weird that they're in this quaint suburb. Like, they're, like, suburb house houses. They're not, like, big. They're just, like... Straight up normal, quaint. Th- those houses didn't even look very Californian. Yeah, me, yeah. And then the uh, and that tree, the trees on that street are like normal temperate climate trees. And then there's just one scene where in the background you see these really tall palm trees, almost Is as that if when you're they're like, driving? well, it's got to be a backlot. Yeah, right. It, this has got to be some it sort says of it was a, stu- a it was Universal, Universal Studio, Studio backlot. Say that at the end. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the the helicopter shot at the beginning of the film where we're introduced, that doesn't look like L.A. Yeah, there's like a river in the town. There's oh. like there's a scene where you see a river going through the. And it's not city. the L.A. River. Is there a river in L.A.? <laughs> I don't thing, know. I don't know anything about Hollywood. The L.A. River is it's like a. I, I don't know how to describe that. Is that the part where they drive the motorcycles yeah, in yeah, Terminator yeah. Two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly that's what it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a bad river. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big divot in the ground in case there are ever is water in Los Angeles, and there hasn't been and never will be. Or, or it's like they're expecting the big earthquake, and that's like it's like a giant sidewalk where they're like, we hope it cracks on this 
crevasse. Crevasse. It's a place for gangs to meet up in the more friendly gang movies. Hey, meet me at the river. Which river? Oh, you joke. (laughs) That's what it's like to be a gangster in LA. Yeah. All right, so, but anyway, noises in Ghost Dad, I'm still really confused by his relationship to his, uh, his, his relationship to his family via his voice. Like, he has the tape recording of him reading to his daughter to signify how busy he is, so she listens to a bedtime story by tape recorder that he recorded, like, several days ago, and listens to it over and over, even when he's home, because it's better than it's a better him. dad than he is. He's that tape recorder is a better dad than Bill Cosby, which is such a bitter, a bitter indictment. I think Diane was a, a bitter fruit to the ingest. oldest. The oldest sister is the one who took care of that family. Like that's one of the things that she was complaining about. Like yeah. I cook, I clean, I don't get to do anything. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't cook. We saw the breakfast. She prepares, she she prepares cereal. No one cooks breakfast anymore. I think we're uh, supposed to imagine that all of his inadequacies. All of his poor choices and the ways that he took his family for granted are all reversed at the end of the film when he realizes how important life is. And he says, uh, life is all you have. I want you to live. I don't really get it, though, because he always knew life was important. Otherwise, he wouldn't be freaking out about being dead. You would have thought that he would have learned this lesson when his wife died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like maybe there's like a secret ghost dad film or ghost mom. Maybe that's ghost. There was a ghost mom movie, and then they were like, "No, this is too dark." So they were like, "All right, we'll do ghost dad." Maybe there was ghost mom with with, uh, Felicia Rashad. We're talking about a a comedy film where the lead character. I'm sorry, I even said that. That sounds really sad. Yeah. Sorry, Andre. What were you saying? It's tough to get a movie, a comedy with a female lead. uh, Because women aren't funny. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, I mean, no one's going to pay Wait, for that not? to happen. Yeah, that's true. Well, now they're doing the Ghostbusters uh, reboot with uh, an all-female cast directed by Paul Feig. 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 The guy from... Uh, <laughs> Is it like sexy Ghostbusters? Bridesmaids. Obviously, because that's what happens when women are in a movie. Yeah. yeah. We, no, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows who's going to be in it. They're, we don't even know for sure that there's really a script. But B- Bobby Brown is doing a song <laughs> for it. <laughs> Oh my god, what if he plays, like, the ghost? He's Slimer. That would be really good. I love Bobby Brown. Oh, what if Whitney's in it? Oh, there's the ghost, Mom. Jesus! Another lady. Her and Felicia Rashad. I don't want either of them to be dead. Wait, Felicia Rashad's dead? What if Roseanne was a ghost mom show? What if, like, Roseanne dies? This is... Why are we just proposing a whole people's death? I just think it would be, like... I think I think Roseanne would be really funny as a ghost Wait, mom. I think she'd be Whit- really good. Wouldn't, wouldn't oh, I couldn't Whitney stand Houston that show. in a movie where she was dead? I love Roseanne. Or she was like su- supernatural in some way? I don't believe so. Preacher's wife? No, she, oh, um, oh. Denzel Washington was an angel in the in that. Um, she was still alive. He Michael? was. No, Mike. Oh my god, I love that movie though. <laughs> no, I really like. Like, I was like into that movie. Michael's a good movie. <laughs> I think it the says wings. a lot that we're like trying to talk about anything but this I movie. Know. <laughs> well, Ghost Dad, it's just so bleak. It's so bleak. There's a lot of you know. It also just n- nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's no cohesion. Are you how, you can't have a happy you can't have a happy ending, especially in a movie like this. He where loses his job. Like he the, loses. Like that's the climax like, of the film. Yeah, you're like, well, at least you're not dead. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's the happy ending. I still don't get how in the whole like beginning of that movie when they do that like fucked up elevator shit where they like and they you know all, he that's almost the sound dies I like so many where, times. where when the elevator crashes by itself. I it love makes the that noise. noise. Boop, 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 boop. Like as it goes through all the floors. Like and the Mancini game. score is so good. It's especially when he's walking in like the Invisible Man sequence with the sunglasses and it's like bum 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 bum. I'm like yeah, like he's Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. Yeah, it's really it's this really good scene and I like the music a lot. But I wonder what Mancini was like. What was going through his head when he was composing for this? He was like, okay, so I need to like. Try to bring this together through sound because everything's pretty scattered right now. He must have been nearly dead. By the time he was working on Ghost Dad, Henry Mancini. Maybe he already just like used stuff that he'd written before for other shit. Maybe he was dead. Yeah, maybe was, he yeah. was already dead. They just pieced the score out of things he'd left behind. I have to get to Thursday because <laughs> I got to deliver the score for the movie Ghost Dad, Aww. and then my kids can live happily. He ever. knows he doesn't have long 
He feels that way at least. Henry Mancini. This was his no. magnum oh. opus. Bill Cosby. Oh, he knows yeah. he doesn't have long, and he oh. thought and the best Mancini way he can help. Also, did the music for Switch. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> he, That's he the light switch movie. Okay, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he doesn't have long, and the thing he decides to focus on is work because he thinks it's going to help out his family. But like, why would you think you don't even know if you're going to make it to Thursday? Why? Why, why is that the thing you're going to focus on? Because it's, it's the only plan he has. There is a shocking lack of spirituality in the film. Like, the first thing he learns as soon as he goes and he talks to Edith is that God is real. Yeah. That, that there's that a there they. Is, that, or they, rather. That there yeah. is an afterlife, that the world is so much more complicated than he ever imagined. How does that not completely change everything that he believed up until that moment? How is the entire rest of the film not him just struggling to deal with what is his actual relationship with the universe. You know what the only way this movie would make sense, I think, in some ways at least, is if it were a Christmas movie. Because in <laughs> Christmas movies, they a lot of times they don't even deal with the God thing. It's just like, oh, this is what, it's about charity, it's about giving, it's about being a good person in your family. But there are a lot of ghosts, though. Exactly. It's a Wonderful Life, I think, was probably a template for this. So why isn't this a Christmas movie? And also, especially because it would have been easier when they're outside and it's like dark outside. When you know they're oh, like, yeah, oh, it's so winter. dark in this room, and then there's like sunshine beaming it's through. Summer. It's like everyone's. They like, keep insisting that the rooms are so yeah, dark. Yeah, like it's so dark in here. It's like no, yeah, but no, it's but really the shadows not. are really. It's really contrasty. There are really dark. Yeah, but this shadows. isn't German expressionism. This is like a comedy movie from well, that, 1990. But, that, but it's dark. Well, but I mean that's darkness in there because seems... you don't see those kinds of heavy shadows in a normally lit well, film. But their version of darkness is just bad lighting yeah yes just yes. ugly lighting just the you know, hideous like, lighting dark you just look bad yeah it's and it you know the, well, the maybe shadows, they're shooting bad for light the, or whatever <laughs> day for bad the, the shadows don't look like the shadows that would be in that space they just look mm -hmm. like bad shadows like bad lighting like you know they just put the light in the wrong place it's sort of ominous it looks it like some it's very strange. cheap movie from the 60s. Did you guys notice in the credits, there's this, when they are listing the editors, there's like two editors and then there's editing apprentices and there's like five of them. Did you notice this? I did they, not. They did the lighting. You think this is like a teaching hospital, yeah. but it was. I, and I was wondering if they did that for light. Like, and I'm the wondering. the patient died. It was just like, and, and you get a credit if you yeah. work for free. Like, oh, I, yeah. it just seems so. So this was edited by people that just took a class at the Learning Annex in I L.A.? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was striking. That wouldn't they surprise were me. apprentices. It's bad is what I'm telling you. Ooh, I'm telling this movie is bad. bad. Elvis is in the podcast. <laughs> I thought it was weird I when... I uh, Elvis voice. I, I was not. Asia, please. <laughs> I was not. Moving on. I was thought it was weird when the office, the people from the office from bank show up at his door. <laughs> Like, you, you were not bank today. Like, that's not how business works. And they all show up in, like, penguin in a formation. Triangle, yeah. Where there's, like, it's, like, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, like, going back. Right, well, yes. And he goes, yeah. hello, little boy. Is your daddy home? Yeah, there's a dozen of them. And then the guy's like, hey, why don't you come in and do some work? And they're like, well, I guess. What else were you planning on with yeah. the 12 just people to that yell showed up? I just brought all these people from the merger um, so we could yell at you about not being at work. Like, I had six, but we call, just merged. How do you call together that meeting? How do you get like, hey, get get everybody at the firm they together. We're there, gonna go to Elliot's house. There was like house. a, a we'll limousine outside. They're yeah. like, get in the limousine. We're going to, to Elliot's place to yell at him. Yeah, it must have been a limo, right? Because you're not gonna be like, yeah. they showed it I, outside. I'm gonna drive in front, and then all <laughs> you guys, like a fucking Kennedy funeral. <laughs> God, that'd be so amazing if that's what showed up, though, at his house. Like, but the limo had the cars. swimming pool in the back. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, what? You need to get a handy. Okay. Yeah. Then Just he's, sneak across. He's, he's like, sorry, I'm busy. I have time. to go get a. Yeah. I have to go, like, calm down my girlfriend. Unless it was supposed to be, like, a, a regularly scheduled thing where they always end up at his place on, like, Wednesday nights. Well, she did. She did make it hey, sound I'll, like it was clear. Because she was like, I was inviting you over for some afternoon delight. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, the guys from the office always oh. end up at his yeah. place on Wednesdays. So oh, his house oh. is sure big enough to accommodate them. But what I'm wondering about with her, does she live alone mm -hmm. in that yeah. big-ass house? Yes, she does. Just, like, biding her time, waiting for Cosby to show it's, up? I, yes. There's probably so another guy him. that's, like, a vampire on the other side of her house where she's the <laughs> other next-door neighbor. She's got a roommate. <laughs> she has a beautiful house, and she doesn't have a job. Does she oh, not well, have a clearly, job? Maybe she clearly she's, she's a, a divorcee. She's, she's clearly a divorcee. She could be she freelance. Got the house in the settlement. She's no. at the house. What is she telecommuting? 
Maybe she works yes. in computers. No. Nineteen ninety. She they didn't works have from email. home. She's a writer. There's lots of yeah. She's a writer. There's jobs you can do from home, guys. Yeah. Well, Even we, in the how 90s. Do we, I mean, we see her taking the garbage out. When he takes the garbage out, she probably has a job, Maybe too. that's her job. Maybe she's like a garbage, garbage woman. person. <laughs> oh, she, she just has, has weird maybe hours. Maybe she's a trash she lady. She could have weird hours. <laughs> maybe she's a bartender and the, <laughs> yeah. she has this enormous house because she's really good at but bartending. But we don't – I mean – what do you mean that there? She is gone. She is not on camera enough for us to reasonably believe. But she's that in she's her gainfully employed. She's in her house in the middle of the afternoon, like she says, afternoon delight. Why isn't she at work? I think your bartending theory is brilliant, and I think she's like one of those bartenders at like a really hip fucking like uh, uh, rave club in L.A. in 1990, like the Basic Instinct Club. Yeah. And she's there, and she like you know open, opens the wine bottles with her teeth, or I don't know something. But she's still. But oh, they don't really, they don't really, drink, the they don't really drink wine at raves, I guess. But you know, <laughs> it's like the rave from Who's Go. Is what you're yeah, yeah. I, I was describing the rave from the movie Go, which Andre and I watched recently. Where they drink I really like wine? that movie. It's 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 kind of the best. Although Katie Holmes is so bad in it. Do, do you want to take some ecstasy and drink some Cab Sav? <laughs> Isn't it bizarre? Sounds like a romantic like, night in to me. Go was made in 1999, and and this movie that we just watched is 1990. These movies are in the same Double decade. Double feature. Yeah. Like Go is so. Yeah, because you can't spell ghost without Go. <laughs> These two movies have nothing in common. Nothing. Right. Not not a. I'm trying to think. Is there? there it has is. To be it is a pretty common. drastic. The both sound quality. is really important to both of them. In in Ghost Dad, in terms of like disembodiment and like how his voice is more real than his physical presence, and in Go, the soundtrack. But the, not more real than his dick. Oh, uh, then. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I think his voice is more real than his D. Actually, in that movie, in Who's Ghost Dad. Ghosts. Cosby. Co- Cosby's. Cosby's. <laughs> well, and then in Go, it's just the music. The the music sort of drives everything, I guess. That's what I mean. It drives the rave scene. Yeah. So it should drive the movie about raves. Why are we yeah. comparing these two films? I am seriously comparing the film. <laughs> I'm just shocked that, to think that there's only nine years yeah. separating these films when Ghost Dad. Both are in L.A. Ghost Dad looks almost indistinguishable. Like most movies. From like movie. the 80s and the 70s almost. Or even the 60s. No. His his outfit no. or his outfit his suit is very He's much very that could be like mid seventies that is the, yeah, yeah but the the it daughter's looks, outfits are so nineties oh yeah. my god leggings boots scrunchy socks so in a sense it's floral more patterns now yeah it's exactly what like my sister wears right now yeah. yeah it's just one of those where you're like I don't when you when you see outfits like that and you're like you only get to be young once and you covered yourself in clothes like that like it seems like a big shame. What? That outfit was bomb. Yeah, I, I love the outfit. This is something I don't think Eric knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm sure I don't, but I still have feelings. It's like you don't understand goth. You don't understand. I understand. How. Oh, what? I wasn't depressed in high school? You know what? I thought Dana Ashbrook had a fun look in this movie. You know? He always has that floppy hair. I like that. He has the, I have that he has right the, now, actually. Uh, it's Bobby from Twin Peaks. He has oh, the, yeah. the, the tie-dye and the flannel. You know, it's 1990, so he's- He's got the leather jacket, too. He's very hip at that moment. He could, for he's all intents and purposes, be Matt yeah. Damon in Reality Bites. I mean- Which is four years later, so he's way ahead of time. I wouldn't call- I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that comparison. What? They totally, I mean, cool. they totally he, are like he's cousins. He's aiming for it. You're cool with comparing Go and- Ghost well, yeah, dead, because it's a continuum. Like, <laughs> wait, oh, yeah. What? A, How is that a continuum? Well, they're both movies about somebody you think is dead. It turns out they aren't really dead. They're just in the hospital. They both take place in Los Angeles. They're both about people lying about yeah, what they're about doing. Deceit. They're definitely. They're both about deceit. you about the confrontation and between. They're, they're both about the uh, about how capitalism destroys people's oh, lives Jesus and causes Christ. them to tear apart their families. Yes. All right. Andre, well, you schooled me. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Andre that. Andre took care of that. I was, I, I had other things to Andre say. Andre three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Andre one. Oh. <laughs> there are two thousand nine hundred ninety nine fucking posers. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say about uh, Go or Ghost Dad? No, Ghost the, Dad. Well, because I, it, you caused me to utter Jesus Christ, <laughs> and then I remember that 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 is uttered twice in this film, which mm-hmm. seems a bit much. Oh, for parental they, guidance, where this is a PG film, it's right? It's a PG film yeah. which has shit, Jesus, Satan, and urine. Does he and, not call the the little kid job. a fuck? Doesn't he? He calls him a fart. Oh, does he actually say fart? Is that what? He, yeah, it's like so close to fuck though. Or is it like a Beyonce like thing? It. She's like, oh, God, it's so horny. You want to see? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I don't even hear him say an actual word. Oh no, he does. I heard. I, I heard he says I, uh, something. I listened carefully. Okay. 
Because you're expecting him to say it, and then he's like, you little fudge. <laughs> you little... Omar Gooding is who we're talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. He was on, uh, I snapped before, because he was on that show, Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, that's right. That show was bomb. I don't think I watched that one. It was a- Wait, wasn't that o- wait, Omar Gooding? Omar Gooding. 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 He's related to Cuba. Yeah. Wait, what? Cuba. They're brothers. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. The dad is Cuba Gooding Sr. Mm. That makes sense. Because there's Cuba Gooding Jr. So it makes sense there'd be a senior. And then, then <laughs> that would be his dad. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Wild and Crazy Kids was like a... like a. Oh, I remember. Wild, 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 wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, they competed. And then they yeah. did a that whole like a season thing. at Medieval Times What was going reason. on in the 90s with kids competing against other kids and we lauded it? Now we're well, like, it's bullying! Nickelodeon figured out an amazing business strategy, which was a, a competition show, a game show... You don't have to pay writers. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if it's kids, you don't have to pay them. It's very economically <laughs> sound, yeah. You know, and kids are excited about anything, so you don't but even have to have cool very good But those cool shows prizes. like Finders Keepers, where they have that whole house with all the different rooms they have to find, and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple was very stressful. These though. were all... And, and they're watching uh, Double day. Dare in Ghost Dad. Yeah. Yes. Which was a blast. I loved that show. Yeah, was, these were great shows. Who was the guy on Double Dare with the big chin that was like the host? Mark Summers? No, is that, no. Oh, Mark what? Summers was the host of Double So Dare. who is Mark Summers? Like, what's his deal? Oh, boy. He's the host. Okay, but like, what else did he do? I think that's his first he had, thing. He had a social anxiety disorder Yeah, a lot. he did. Really? He, yeah. Oh, he hosted yeah. not just that, but also other stuff on Nickelodeon. And yeah. Other, like, he on, I think he had a, like, a Halloween or a Thanksgiving special huh. every year. There was Family Double Dare. But he's not yeah. related to Summer Sanders, the Olympic swimmer who hosted Figure It Out. You lost no, me. no, he's not. Jesus, okay. Eleanor. Okay. I'm asking. No, they'd be weird the, if they were. They're on the same channel with the same last name. One it's might assume. Yeah, I'm not. No, his name's Mark Summers. Oh, I thought. He, oh, but Summers. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> Never mind. mind. Did you I think can... his name was Summer Mark? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Just <laughs> no, now. his name was Summer Summers. I have no idea what <laughs> Summer Summers. And if his name were Summer Mark, that doesn't mean that he's related to other people named Summer. <laughs> I don't know. I think it does, though. I apologize. Like when they have those like I am gathering so of so the... disappointed. In you. <laughs> oh man, this is live. We're on live TV <laughs> this here. Is live. Uh, oh god. So like, okay, I want to know. Um, since like, I'm stuck on disliking the movie now. I've watched it like 20 years later. Mm-hmm. What did? What was your least favorite part of the movie? The hand job scene. That so was what didn't you like about it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that it happened, obviously. That it happened. I didn't like that his face was that way. I didn't oh. like the noises he made. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that was so, funny. No. So bad. No one should ever have to see what Bill Cosby looks like when he's getting it. Ugh. No. No. Yeah. That was my, what was your least favorite part? This is actually how I want to wrap up. I told my favorite part, my least favorite part. What about, what is your least favorite part, Asia? Um, when the teacher watched that kid tie uh-huh. himself in chains and... <gasps> put himself oh, into it. Yeah. He was just like, I don't know how this is going to end up. What are you doing? <laughs> what is your, your only job here? Your first job is to make sure no one dies, dies in, in the classroom. Class. He gave him an A for career day. Yeah. Well, I love that no, that's the first the, thing he asks too. The second that the chains show up, the second that the, no. the kid pulls the chains out of the bag, he's like, oh, hey, Shut all right. Shut that shit no, down. you're not doing that. Give and you're those. going to the guidance counselor. Yeah, you're in trouble or the, or now. Or you're in trouble. Yeah. No, you don't Something. get an A. No A for you. No, no, sir. No. You take all the classroom say we need to talk right right now um you can't do this today. do you know how hard that is talk? when you're a teacher to be like oh i'm gonna see you out in the hall is it hard it is is it yes i've never done it you do something i've you done do- it once it's hard why what happened or i guess you can't really say anyway eric what was your least favorite part of the movie i need to think some more so i'd, I'd like to defer okay for a minute andre my least favorite part is the top of the movie where there are all the almost deaths, the like final destination part of the movie where yeah. the <laughs> These he, are all terrible. He parts. almost trips and falls down the stairs. He almost dies in an elevator crash. He almost it, it's horrifying. <laughs> because right away, the very first thing that they do is they establish here's a family, things aren't going great for them, but they're working and they're trying hard, you know, and also, you know, it's Ghost Dad, so you know he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, the the first like fifteen. It's in bad taste. The right? first fifteen minutes of the movie, you're just dreading every second of it. 
Mm-hmm. And the, then the way it's that he actually ends up going into the river is so stupid. <laughs> like he, he gets in a taxi and then it isn't even that he gets into a, like a car accident and then dies. He 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 slips because they the guy reaches for it's so stupid. Well, he largely causes the accident by saying that he's Satan, right? He's like. Because the guy keeps freaking out, and then he's like, "I command you to do this and that," and then the guy kind of loses know. control. Oh, do you of the think car. the guy wouldn't have gone to the river if? No. Oh. Because yeah, it's after right. he's you're yelling right, at him and right. commanding him that he like loses control and then hits the side of the bridge. I don't think. I mean, like he wasn't much in control before then, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we should blame the, the victim, which is yeah. clearly Cosby in this situation. But For bad. once, right? <laughs> oh man. Oh fuck, Bill Cosby. Yeah, there's another one. I think how we should not if you don't want, but not if you don't want to. For sure, I think that's definitely how we should end it. By the way, Cosby's terrible. Fuck Bill Cosby. Are you sure you want to end it that way? (laughs) Fuck Bill Cosby. 